Welcome to this week's episode of the Marked for Eternity podcast, where we bring you biblical truth on topics such as marriage, family, and ministry. This episode is made possible by the Ultra Global Partners. To find out more information about the Ultra Global, please go to thealtraglobal.com and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Here are your hosts, Jeremiah and Paul Johnson. Welcome to the Marked for Eternity podcast. This is one of your hosts, Jeremiah Johnson. And on the podcast today, I'm super excited to have my great friend, Sean Smith, all the way from the Bay in California. Sean, welcome today. Hey, Jeremiah. So good to be with you, bro. Super excited. Uh, man, uh, it took us a while to get from California here, but we got here. So we're, we're, we're blessed to know that God's got his hand on our time together. Yeah, thanks so much for coming in the studio. You know, just for our, our listeners who are uh, just with us today, Sean, you impacted my life. I know I've, I've told you this. Uh, I was a college student uh, just on my uh, own journey of just saying yes to the Lord. Mm-hmm. You had written a book called I Am Your Sign. Is that the right title? Yep. I miss that. And, uh, you know, we had read it in our college dorm, me and about eight guys did a small group. And, you know, we were going out praying for people, believing for miracles. But as we read that book, we got hit with, no, we are the sign. And it, it emp- an empowered uh, sense of identity and purpose in all of us. And about a couple months later, we heard you were coming uh, to the town where we went to college. And so I'll never forget, uh, we, we sat in the back and just were powerfully impacted uh, by your journey coming through. And I mean, gosh, it's been like, I don't know, 10, 15 years right. since that original encounter, but just had a, a real, um, just a real pleasant experience with you, Krista. Love what you guys are carrying for this generation. Man, I appreciate that. And you know, the, the funny thing when I wrote, I am your sign, uh, it really came, I, it's from the Spirit of the Lord, but I was approached by our editors and they said, hey, we'd love to get a book from you. What would you write on? And without giving any thought, what jumped out of my mouth is revival. And the moment it did, I went, oh my God, like, right? And they're saying they wanted it within a year. I'm going to have to produce a manuscript <laughs> on this incredible, miraculous move of God in the course of history. But I, man, I came under a unique anointing to write that. I studied, of course, revivals ordered books on revivals from all over, but it was an amalgamation of all these things. But more than anything, it was a dealing I went through. And just am convinced, you know, even someone listening right now, that you may look out and think it's dark, but Isaiah 60 says when it's dark, you don't look at the darkness, you look for the glory. There is a glory of the Lord that is uh, descending right now upon the church in the nations of the world. And when darkness covers the earth, deep darkness of people, the glory of the Lord will come upon you. So it's the contrast and understanding that when that revivals are most likely when they're least likely. When you don't think it'll happen is when it actually breaks forth, which sets the stage for the greatest move of God right now. Man. Yeah, one of the things that I just so appreciate about you is your outlook on the kingdom. Things can be looking more dark. I know sometimes I like to hammer that stuff. It's like that justice thing in me, but... Man, you always bring a word of hope, a word of encouragement. You see the best. You see the possibilities. Every time I get around you, I'm just challenged, man, just to look a little deeper, 
to see a little farther. I appreciate that about you. Mm-hmm. I know that you, you've you just written a new book. Can you tell our listeners about that? Yeah, I've written a new mm-hmm. book, Prophetic Evangelism. And years ago, my first book I wrote was Prophetic Evangelism. So this wasn't just uh, slap a new cover on it, re-release it. Uh, we actually called the other one the, the, the classic edition. And this one uh, right now, I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking of it as just a new edition, a new term. But what I did is I've t- taken about 45% out of the old book and, and put in 45% all new material. And then I rewrote what I left in. So I'm calling this the legacy edition. But prophetic evangelism is simply this, is that uh, you, you're not, we're not going to win the world with a better philosophy. And the gospel is never meant to be just a better philosophy. But yet, if all we have are persuasive words, Paul said it, we fall short of the fullness of the gospel. And part of what is needed today is not just that I share people uh, what I would call gospel information. We've treated, Jeremiah, we've treated sin and lostness and transgression as if it's a disease. We've treated it as if the prescription for it is more information. You just need gospel information. I just need to tell you these truths, these understandings. But you and I both know, and you were talking about what behind the veil means. The Bible says if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. The word there in the Greek for veiled is kalupsis. Well, the word for removing the veil, apocalypsis, is revelation. So what I'm saying is the remedy for sin and the sickness of the human heart is not more information. It is a revelation. And so what can we do to bring people to an encounter? And in prophetic evangelism, for instance, I think it's John chapter 2. Somebody would have to check that for me. But Nathaniel's coming to Jesus. He's skeptical. And, uh, you know, he's with his friend. Nathaniel's with Philip. Philip's obviously at this point a believer. And he said, come with me and see the Messiah. And he says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? So he's expressing deep skepticism. I mean, he's not like total pagan. The dude is probably Jewish. Obviously, he wants to see. So he, he says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? He's going with him not to be proven wrong, but to be proven right. He's like, I'm going to go save you from this cult, dude. This dude is not. And the moment Jesus sees him, all Jesus said was, behold, a man in whom there's no guile. In other words, you're, you're authentic. You're a for real dude. And the guy goes, how do you know me? Prophetic evangelism causes people to be known by God. And when people be known, they open up. Then from there, Jesus said, I saw you underneath a fig tree. And then he says, you are the Messiah. He confesses him as Lord. And Jesus says, citing that, he says, you believe because I told you these things. He said, truly, you're going to see angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. And history shows Nathaniel not only became a believer, he became a martyr over this brief encounter where it wasn't even like his father's name was given. Obviously, they didn't have social security numbers, but we think you got to have someone's father's name, your mama's name, this, your social security, you live at this address. Jesus said two things. You're for real, dude, and I saw you underneath a fig tree. But what I believe in prophetic evangelism isn't just the words, but you release an atmosphere. First mm-hmm. Corinthians 14, 24 and 25 says, if all prophesy and an unbeliever comes in the room, will they not be convicted in the heart and say, surely God is among you? So prophetic evangelism says, I'm bringing atmosphere to lead you to an encounter. Now you're not saying yes to platitudes. You're saying a heart surrendered to a person of Jesus. So that's wow. the whole concept. Yeah, so atmosphere, encounter, and more of that conversion or that surrender. So to people watching it, I mean, I know a lot of people are, you know, looking for that crazy encounter that might lead to that surrender. Can you talk to us? I just in, in, interested me when you talked about it, 
bringing an atmosphere into an encounter? Do you mean just like uh, getting prepared in prayer or talk talk to us about that? You know, I, I, I'll give you a biblical example, Jeremiah, and then I'll tell you kind of, kind of boots on the ground, what does it look yeah. like? But I think actual biblical example is when Moses goes into the court of Pharaoh, like Moses says, hey, let God's people go. And Pharaoh's not moved. Like, who are you? Like, what is your God? And so he's instructed, he threw down the rod. The rod became a serpent on the ground. Well, I don't think Moses knew this, but according to Timothy, Paul writes to Timothy that the name of the Egyptian magicians was Janus and Jambres. They did a stick to snake trick. Obviously, the devil's not creative. They believe, and you know, there's a, there's throughout history the ability to an, uh, to hypnotize snakes and animate them on a moment, and so they they probably did that. But the interesting thing is Moses' snake swallowed up their snakes, mm-hmm. and I feel like we have that rod of atmospheric change in the prophetic that we can. Uh, our atmospheres swallow up other atmospheres. So you yeah. can walk into an atmosphere where there's suicide, where there's unbelief, where there's perversion, but you throw down the rod of what God's given you, one atmosphere will always swallow another. But I think you're right. It always is traced back to the inner life with God, the inner history with God. The the secret place, I love to say, the secret place is the training place for the marketplace. That what you do in secret when no one is watching, Jesus said, I will reward that openly. So the atmosphere comes because of your alignment with truth, but your atmosphere uh, is taken to another level when you have fellowship with the person. So every believer has, if you're a believer, by virtue of a believer, you have a relationship with Jesus, but not everyone has fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Paul closes out the book in, in Corinthians, says, may the love of God, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the communion or fellowship with the Holy Spirit be with you all. He's speaking to believers, why would he have to pray Something was there. He didn't say, I pray that you have relationship. They had it. He says, I pray you have fellowship. Prophetic evangelism is heightened, and the anointing of that goes to another level when you have fellowship with the Holy Spirit, which you we know you don't leave him back in a prayer closet. It's tightened up there, but you walk with him. And so what you do in times of direct focus gets released in times of general awareness. So you have to have those times of, of direct focus with God and that atmosphere you carry out of your altar moment, carry out of your secret place, and then all of a sudden you bring it into the marketplace. You threw down a rod that will swallow up other rods. Many people have been discouraged from evangelism because they feel like, oh, I can't keep up with the intellectual argument. And I go, I, although at times it may come to a point where you're, you're answering questions, but I, I don't argue when it comes to the gospel. It's truth. What's there to argue about? It's like someone going to argue about the weather. Right now, the sun is out you know, in Charlotte. I, there's no argument. It's, it's true. It's, actually, it's fact, but we're talking about timeless truth. So rather than argue, what I do is present what I know will never be refuted. I present the love of God, the truth of God's word, and then to get an open door, Lord, give us something. So an example of that, if I can share an example, sure. we're Ubering it. Uh, I have a, a friend with me, Jeremy. We're Ubering it with a gal, and all of a sudden, we're talking to her a little bit. I, I share with her what what I'm doing. And so these are kind of my moments where I call it, kind of call it, I'm throwing some bait on the water, just yeah. seeing where she'll bite. And so all of a sudden, as we're talking, I just got this clarity. I, I, I knew she had a child. I wasn't sure of the gender, although I felt a little bit like it was a, a, a girl. Yeah. But I, I wasn't sure. But I knew that there was a dissension or there was a breach or there was something that had, had, had hindered or fragmented the relationship. So I said, hey, you, you got a child? Yes, I got one daughter. And I just said, hey, I felt like the Lord is, is sharing with me. 
you know, that right now I'm in your car because he's, he's drawing you nearer to him, but he's also wanting to draw you nearer to your daughter. She goes, oh, that's so funny. You know how young adults are. She's 20 now. She's got her own mind. We're not seeing eye to eye right now. And, I can, and then she starts unpacking her entire life. End of the day, Jeremy and I end up praying with the Uber driver. She thanks us as she drops us off mm. and basically says that she's gotten away from God, but now you know, she's returning to God. She had yeah. a Bible there, but she had just kind of gotten away yeah. during this whole pandemic, being unplugged. And I feel like there are many people that are ripe right now coming out of hopelessness and situation. So we brought that atmosphere to an Uber car. So yeah. if we Amazing. can do it there, it can happen anywhere. Yeah. So you've been, you know, writing books on prophetic evangelism. You've been doing it. For people that are, are just listening today, maybe watching where does your journey start on kind of this, the Lord's calling you to gospel winning, maybe prophetic evangelism? Can you tell us a little bit about Two that? Two quick stories <clears throat> on that journey. Number one, when I was a student, I'd give my life to Christ. Jesus so impacted my life, I just I could not I could not understand. It was unfathomable why everyone didn't want to give their life to Christ. So I'm at this secular university. I started witnessing to everything that moved. Within 30 days, I had led 25 people to Christ. But it wasn't that I was that great at witnessing. Really, I think it was that I wouldn't let up, and they were shocked that I was saved. It was like, Sean, you saved. There must be a God. Like, <laughs> so that's how I was leading people to the Lord. But I would say a couple things begin to happen very quickly. One, uh, uh, twofold, a girl in my uh, dorm section got date raped by one of the major fraternities, and, and I had a real heart for this gal. And then almost within the same week, a guy attempts suicide, jumping off a bridge at my school. He, he's not successful, if you would call ending your life success, of course. But he ends up paralyzed in a wheelchair because he jumped off because his girlfriend had broke up with him. His parents had disowned him. He's being uh, academic ineligibility. He's being disqualified from school. And I thought, man, all this stuff is happening to college students. Like for me, and I know everyone's story and journey is different. Am I just going to take my diploma, my degree, computer engineering, go work for Intel? They were offering me a job. Or do I want to do something about what's going on in this campus? And I, I decided to do that, and God opened the door. So then very soon thereafter, maybe some of the listeners will know this name, Mario Murillo. I was in a meeting, and he calls out the word of knowledge. A woman gets up out of a wheelchair. And, then, and I thought, okay, I'm winning people to the Lord. What he just did in that word of knowledge, in the way I felt an atmosphere fill this place, people, man, started clapping me and another college student. We fell on our face weeping. I thought, what if I could bring that outside on the streets and in my college campus? And so I hadn't even necessarily heard of the term prophetic evangelism. Right after that, another prophet, mighty man of God, prophesied, and he put together this term, and he says, there's a new breed of prophetic evangelism emerging, and Sean, you are one of them. And then all of a sudden, it was like I started shaking. <laughs> and I started thinking, can you put the two together? And then I began to read the Gospels and look in the book of Acts. And I go, I don't think God ever had any evangelism that wasn't prophetic, that wasn't led by the Spirit with immediate fruit. I think there is a place, I've done it, where you do what's called cold turkey evangelism. I've been in Mardi Gras, you witness to everything that moves. I just don't know that that's the most effective. I, there's a place for it. Please hear that and, and do that, God. But I, I now, more often than not, would just wait, pray, and let God, this is how Jesus style, because Jesus walked past a lot of folks that wasn't acknowledging him as the Messiah. But the Bible says in John 5, 19 and 20, which is the truth of it all, he says, I only do that which I see the Father do, and that which the Father does, the Son does likewise. The Father loves the Son, shows him all things he does, and will show you, that would be us, greater works than these you may marvel. So it's like 
developing a constant awareness with the Holy Spirit. So I thought, what if I could take those words of knowledge, like what I saw in Mario Murillo's meetings, which he flows like that in the streets as well, and take that to my college campus? So all of a sudden, I, I'm entering into this moment where I normally would go into all these apologetic truths I know because I'm, I'm hitting the intellectual. I'm witnessing this dude college campus. He's blowing me off, blowing me off, blowing me off. And all of a sudden, I said, Holy Spirit, give me something. And I've been praying and just taking time to hear his voice. And all of a sudden, I felt like the Lord said, hey, ask him right now, how long has he had that pain in his lungs that it feels like something's poking his, pricking his lungs? And so I say that to the dude. The dude's shocked. And I end up praying with him. And I went, it was like all of a sudden, like a kid that discovers a new toy. Like, I didn't know you did that. Like, oh my God. And so from that point in time, I just really started pressing in. And, and I feel like there's always new levels. But I've been able to lead some people to the Lord or pray with some people. And honestly, not every time is it work. Sometimes you're right on and they'll blow you off and still, but at least you touch that place. Here's what I say. Let's give everyone a chance by giving them an undiluted mm -hmm. man, gospel man, imperative in the power of the Holy Ghost. And if they deny Jesus after that, I, I'm not trying to sound callous, but that's on them. At least they've gotten, they've been empowered to make the right decision, set before you life and death. So are we setting before them life and death, or are we setting before them religion and death? It's got to be breathed on by the power of the Spirit. So that's a great question, bro. Yeah, man, thank you for sharing part of your story, your testimony, and just encouraging me as we're sitting here. Sean, you, you travel, your wife travels the United States, parts of the world carrying the gospel, a spirit of revival. I wanted to ask you, kind of, you know, you you traveled maybe some throughout the pandemic. We're obviously into 2022. I mean, what are some of your thoughts, perceptions about the church right now, maybe globally or in America? Should we be discouraged, encouraged? I mean, what what's your take on what's happening out there. You know, I tell people, I say maybe one of the worst things Christians can say right now is they want to get back to normal because I think, number one, that's the worst mistake we can ever make, number one. Number two, God moves us to a place he doesn't want us to move back from. And then here's what I say. We say normal. We're saying church before March 16th, 2020, when it all shut down. Well, I think what we thought was normal is not what God feels is normal. God wants to introduce us to his normal. That's revival. And so I feel like this whole pandemic, I tell people, you prayed for this. You just didn't know it. You asked God to draw near. You asked God for outpouring. You asked God for revival. You prayed that God would answer the evils of your day. And God gave you a fast track pass. You know how when you're at Disney World, Disneyland, you don't have to wait in line. I say the pandemic is a portal. Some people treated the pandemic like it's, uh, uh, like it's a winter. A winter is it's... Okay, I had fall, and depending on where you live, you were in Florida one time, I was in, I'm in California. Fall is not bad. It's kind of yeah. nice. And so winter is this interruption between nice weather and getting to even nicer weather in spring. You get back to your weather. Uh, God spoke to me and says, do not treat as interruption what I meant as a disruption. Wow. Interruption, you know, I was young. They would interrupt our cartoons mm -hmm. to tell us about some sort of weather calamity or the uh, emergency practice meant that I was going to come back to Scooby-Doo when this thing was over mm -hmm. telling me, there's a, a message from the emergency broadcast, this interruption, you know. Yeah. God doesn't want us to get back because unless what you were at before was a revival, you shouldn't be trying to get back. And here's what I say because I think it's so important, and then I'll talk to you about even more what, I, what I'm seeing, is that I feel like right now our definition of normal determines the demonstration of Christianity we're aiming after. 
So if we're trying to say old church programs are normal, then we're going to always try to go back to that. Mm. But if we're saying, God, there's a new thing you're pouring out, we want it. So what I'm seeing is hunger. Mm. I'm seeing hunger like I've never seen. I'm seeing people tired of religion, tired of programs, and saying, we need the Holy Ghost. I mean, there are major denominational leaders that are saying, we essentially, my paraphrase is, go Holy Ghost or go home. And, and I'm, I'm sensing that there's a move of God. And every place I go, massive numbers and people are giving their life to Christ. We're seeing wow. that. Healings like we've never seen before. And so I, I feel like right underneath our eyes, we could be glued to what they're reporting to you on CNN, MSNBC, yeah, even Fox News. But God's got something else going on that they're not reporting yet. And I'm, I'm seeing, and we know different people, whether it's Jesse Green and others that are going around, and just beaches of young adults. We're, we're on the brink of a new Jesus people movement. So that that this is an exciting time for the church. Yeah, I, I agree with you. My brother Paul and I talk a lot on this podcast about just, you know, the world that we live in. There, there's plenty to say about what the church isn't is not what they're not doing but in the midst of it the lord's looking for a people who are actually willing to do something to be the solution and the more that i travel the more that we do the work of the lord in charlotte i know we're hooked up with you and krista watch you guys on social media i mean it's encouraging i mean even some of your stories i mean you guys are being invited into key mainline denominational leadership gatherings i mean you're you're telling me today i mean these people they want the holy spirit right they do they're hungry and i think what it takes sometimes is i think it takes a little bit of a vacuum for us you know it's funny uh there was one of these meteorologists which is a fancy way of saying a weather person they were predicting these hurricanes but you know how they predict hurricanes is that all of a sudden the barometric pressure will drop and so here they're, they're declaring to you and predicting that they're going to, there's going to be a surplus of winds because of the absence of winds. Mm. And all of a sudden in this vacuum, it, it creates a vortex which sucks the winds around. So all of a sudden you get a hurricane. So it's actually the vacuum of winds that produce the greatest winds. Wow. And so I, I looked in history and I go, revivals come after seasons of the disruption. The greater the disruption, the greater revival. Wow. So I believe we're gonna see a hurricane of revival wow. and there's been this barometric drop. And meanwhile, the world, like we're, we're hungry for Jesus, Holy Spirit. Well, they're desperate out there. I mean, they've done their chakras, they've done their sages, they've done their crystals, they've gone to their gurus and all that, and all that stuff has failed them miserably. The lesson of the pandemic was to only put your faith in deserving deserving sources. And so they've been failed by the sources that put their faith in. And so now, like, we got to give them raw Jesus, like, like Jesus that's not politicized, Jesus that's not... Uh, 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 branded in terms of modern branding. Jesus is not a, uh, you know, a, a, what do we call it? A, a, a tickle me Elmo Jesus, you say, or build a bear Jesus. We got to give him book of Acts Jesus. Wow. Man, you're getting me fired up for the harvest, man. Wow. Well, for people that are listening today, we'll just begin to close the program. I'm kind of feeling stirred, maybe ask you to pray for people that are listening today. I feel like there's a an anointing for family salvation. Yes. Maybe people that have been believing for lost loved ones to come uh, to the Lord. But before we pray, Sean, for people that are just, maybe they've 
followed you for a while or this is the first time they've ever heard of you, how can they best connect with you and Krista? You know, uh, the best way probably is to go to our website, www.seanandkristasmith.com. Sean, S-E-A-N, Krista, C-H-R-I-S-T-A. We've got some product. My wife has written a book. I've written several books. They're out there. Uh, We're on social media, Instagram, uh, at Rev Sean Smith or at uh, Miss Krista Smith. So we're out there, and and uh, hey, man, we'd love to see folks that's out there and connect with us in meetings. We're very approachable, and we love love the body of Christ, man. Amen. Well, I would encourage our listeners to follow up with these guys. Check them out. You'll be encouraged. You'll be strengthened, comforted. Uh, Sean, will you pray with us as we close? Absolutely. Lord, I just thank you, God, for this opportunity. I'm praying that there are people, that just like the Philippian jailer, they got saved, that their entire household would get saved. And that wasn't just immediate blood people. It was like their oikos. In other words, everybody they ran with. And so I feel like there is an incredible move of God that's happening. So we just pray for those that say, hey, I got wayward sons and daughters. Hey, my mom and dad is not saved. I got brothers and sisters, man, uncles, grandparents. I just pray, God, that they would begin to see the power in the hand of God to bring uh, incredible redemption, healing, uh, Lord, you would make families whole. I just believe that revival will be about family. It's going to look like families next season, and they'll be able to run together. And I pray also for a boldness, because uh, there is a, a Jezebel spirit trying to massacre prophets in this day. I just pray for a boldness, God, that we would speak the truth, we would stand and recognize the Bible is an absolute, and truth is an absolute, and truth isn't found in our feelings, it's found in Scripture. And so, Lord, we thank you, and we bless everyone who's listening right now in Jesus' name. Sean, thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast. It was a joy to have you. Thanks for joining us to all our listeners. We'll be back with you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the March for Eternity podcast as we seek to bring biblical truth to this generation regarding topics such as marriage, family, and ministry. We want to give a special thank you to our ultra-global partners who make it possible for us to release fresh content such as this in order to train and equip the body of Christ around the world. If you were blessed by this episode, make sure to go to thealtraglobal.com forward slash podcast to listen to current and past episodes. God bless and thank you for listening.